welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. Here we go. Acts chapter 4. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Are you ready? Now, the multitude of those who believe of one heart and of one soul, neither did anyone anyone say that any of the other things he possessed was his own. This is after the movement of the church. The church was birthed. Everything was in proper perspective according to God's plan. Because God's intent from the very beginning that his people would become one. And so now, the multitude of those who did believe, they were of one heart and of one soul. They all had the same mindset. And they had all things common. Verse 33, and with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord, of the Lord Jesus. And great grace, everyone say great grace, was upon them all. Now, I didn't say a few, but all. Now, I want you to recognize that this special visitation, this special visitation from God came when everyone were in one mind and one accord and considered that everything they had was each other's and it was all common. When that came, then God came and visited them with power and grace and a manifestation that would open their eyes. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked. So God also began to bless. Now watch this. For all who were possessors of lands and or of houses sold them, brought the proceeds of these things that were sold, and laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed to each other as anyone had need. And that, my friend, is the goal of the church. I would tell you the truth. In my heart, I would love nothing more than to next year, for us to next year, bring an offering for Christ and distribute that among our church family who has needs. That would be a great dream and great goal and the heartbeat of who we really are. I think that there should be no one among us that lacks anything. I think that there's, if there's anyone here that, that is having a hurting uh, a, a moment in this season or really suffering, I think that we do and we need to step up and recognize that. I think that's the ultimate goal of the church. I think that is. How many of you agree with that? I really believe that's it. So they laid them at the apostles' feet. They distributed to each one as anyone had need. And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement. You know, when you give to somebody, you are encouraging them like never before. You are encouraging somebody. Selfish people do not encourage other people. But selfless people know how to lift the countenance of a friend, how to cause someone to feel hope because they're givers, because they distribute, because they know that God's in it. Now, a Levite, 
who the encourager was of the country of Cyprus and having land sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet as well. The whole context of the scripture is about Jesus living through people who were generous towards others. If you really want to know the Christmas message, it's this. And God gave his only begotten son. The birth of Christ, God gave him to the world. Now he gave up his life, but the truth is, is that God allowed his only begotten son to leave the corridors of heaven, to leave and come. He gave him up like Abraham gave up his son. Many times we think about the giving part of Abraham's son being on the top of the mountain when he was just crucified. But the truth is, is that the moment he was born and God spoke to him about his destiny, in his heart he had to give him up. From the very beginning, God, the father, had to release his son and let him come into this earth. He knew the plan from the beginning to the end, from the end to the beginning. And giving is the heartbeat of God. Giving is the love of God. Giving is the benevolence of God. It's about other people. It's about God's heart. And when you're able to live that kind of a life and be that kind of person, where you ever had your mama invite your friends to come over and y'all were eating supper and she said to every one of them y'all been y'all y'all sit down sit down everybody sit down i'm going to feed you today i'm going to take care of you today are you hungry honey nobody had friends like that mama's friends like that you didn't have any friends like that was your mama like that i had some friends of mine i Boy, I walked into their house, walked into grandma's house, any of their relatives. If it was dinner time, they'd say, honey, you hungry? Sit at the table. And I was hungry. <laughs> generous people. God loves generous people. I love generous people. But generosity gives you a healthy perspective in life. Generosity gives you a good God feel in your heart. There's so much to it. I want to be known as a generous person. I want to be known as a person who gave all, not took all, but gave all. Because here's the end of the story. When you and I leave this world, guess what? You're not taking any of your things with you. You're not taking any of those things that bother you with you. You are going to inherit what you gave on this world. God sees the giving side on this side. And according to your giving is your reward on the other side. And I'm going to tell you, I want a great reward. I want a great reward. I'm going to walk on streets of gold. I'm going to live in mansions that men couldn't build. Are you, are you ready for the message? Pray for it. Let's pray for you. God, in Jesus' name, God, we pray for an open heart, an open mind. We pray today, God, that you would just give us encouraging words, challenge us, love us, instruct us. God, today we believe the word of God. Today we accept what it says about us. Today we know that you are the Lord and Savior of our life. And today help us get a revelation about a generous Christ. In Jesus' name, and everybody say amen. Now give God a hand clap and turn to somebody and tell them there's nothing like being generous. And you can be seated.
and you can be seated. Thank you for allowing me to lead you and pastor you. It's such a challenge, but, you know, um, it's such a challenge at times to really say the things that need to be said. But, you know, if I wasn't true blue, I would just tell you what you want to hear. But we have to speak the truth and meet each other where the rubber meets the road. And we're a family. And we're doing life together. We are doing life together. You're my brother. You're my sister. You're my mama. I've got many adopted mamas here since we lost our mamas. I have many father figures that I love so much. We love you. We love you. You love me? I hope so. I hope so. Now, let's try to give you back some cheer, some joy, some hope. I want to first begin by saying that the generosity of God is really grounded in the gospel. It really is. For God who selflessly said, I'm, I've got one son, and I'm going to give him to the world, speaks volumes to me. Because many times when we think of God, we think of him that can have no pain or feel anything other than joy, love, peace, righteousness. Many times when we think about the eternal spirit of God's magnificent, wonderful, majestic grace, we think that God doesn't have feelings. God does have feelings. He does. Uh, you know, now God isn't depressed. He's not depressed. But the scripture proves it that Jesus said that he became a high priest through Christ. Where God, in offering his son, the embodiment of the deity, the extension of the Father, in Christ Jesus, he was able to feel everything as you and I feel, yet without sin, the scripture says. He was able to experience life like you and I have experienced life. Temptations. He was able to experience depression and fear. Never succumbed to it. Never gave in to it. Never went along with the feelings. But he felt the pressure. So he knew and he knows. Now seated at the right hand of the Father, the scripture says we have not another high priest who can be moved by the feelings of our infirmities. That means there's nobody else that can feel what we feel like Jesus can. That makes sense? There's nobody else that, that can feel what we feel. People of compassion are people that have been through things in their life. I have seen people who have, have had big, compassionate hearts. And it's mostly people who have been there and experienced things that can relate, that will be there for you. How many of you have had someone come into your life and, and they really helped you and they were a real blessing to you? And, and, and most of the time, it's because they have been through what you've been through. They have been there. That's why you need to think young person, you need to think God, even old person. <laughs> doesn't matter how old you are, if you still have your mom and dad, you need to thank God for them because most of the love and the attention they gave you and the wisdom 
was based on things they experienced in their life and and you came out of them and, and they were able to have that compassion because what happened in their mind was they were able to put themselves in your shoes very quickly very easily there are people that have gifts like that they, they have the ability to do that not everyone does but but everyone has the capability now god can do that god can do that so when god when you are experiencing a, a downtime or you're going through fear or you're experiencing pain he feels that he feels your pain he feels your fear he feels your lack of faith or your frustration I love what Slavic said this past week on Wednesday night. He had the most unique title I've ever seen come across these screens. And I know why he did it, because I remember it now. It was the mud, the mucus, and the miracle. But he talked about that this past Wednesday. He talked about feeling frustrated and saying, God, you failed me, or you didn't do what you said you're going to do. And I don't believe that you are who you say you are. I have said those same exact words, only to find out that that valley led to a mountain that was going to take me higher than I've ever been before. And the principle was I had to keep walking. I had to keep walking. I had to keep doing what I did before the valley because we all come off of mountains and go to valleys and back up to mountains. The difference is that some mountains aren't, aren't as high as others because God elevates you. God promotes you. God does not want you to be stagnant or stunt your growth in any way and the only way you and I can ever see our faith grow is by resistance. Your faith has to be tested and your faith has to be exercised. But more than that, your love and your compassion. And when you get to a place where you're able to have strength and you can think clear, looking back, you look at yourself and you wonder, I don't know how, I really don't know how I made it through it, but I made it through it because... I see perfectly now that everything that happened to me was for a reason, for a good reason, and God worked everything out for my good. And I'm stronger, I'm wiser, I'm faster, I'm better, and I, can, I know how to make better decisions now based on past experiences. And then you become a minister. Maybe not a licensed one, but a minister. Everyone is a minister. Everyone can share with somebody. Everyone can give to somebody. And it's not all about money. It's about giving what you have on the inside. Giving your experience. This season, is, it's, it's really about refocusing on what we were meant to give. And that was give of yourself. Give love. You have an opportunity every day to show love. Even when someone is rude to you and you don't respond, believe it or not, that's love. That's love most of the time because some of you can't hold your tongue. I'm not, no. I'm one of them. 
last night when I came and went to the parade, nothing matched. I had shorts that didn't even match my shirt. I had lights on my shoes. And I, uh, I don't know what happened. I just rode through there, and I said, okay, I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm going right to ride through the parade. I thought, my God, afterwards, looking back, I thought to myself, what a Latino. <laughs> and I looked at my wife, and my wife was like this. Oh, my God. <laughs> and there was no room where everybody was sitting, and then all of a sudden, I come in there, bring my bike. Hey, everybody! <laughs> bring my bike in, bring my chair in, move everybody over like a big bulldozer and sit down and back up with a little beep, 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 <laughs> like a truck. And I think to myself, man, that was so inconsiderate. But I was driven because I wanted to be with everybody. And I could have went around the back way, but I was just in a hurry. I don't know why I didn't. I just one of them moments. I don't know what happened. Just happened. Before you knew it, I was in the middle of the parade. Nice bike, making fun of me probably. Thank you. No shame. I think looking back, my intentions were good, but I think it was kind of selfish. I think we've all been selfish. I think we've all thought about ourselves. And we block out this little bit of, I don't care what anybody thinks. It's easy to get that way, isn't it? Especially when you've been hurt so many times. Especially when you have chosen not to um, be friends with anybody else because your friends hurt you in the past. Or Can I, can I help you have a good Christmas this year? Can I, a better Christmas? Whether you have money or don't have money, let me help you find out and figure out what Christmas is all about. Can I tell you what to do? You ready? Forgive. Forgive and let go. Don't go into a good season with bad feelings. Don't go into a good season with fear, frustration, bitterness. Don't go into a good season with the wrong attitude. But if you want to have a good season in your life, you're the one who's going to dictate that season based on what comes out of here in your mind and what you're feeling in your heart. This is what God gave for us. He gave us his life and he gave us the opportunity to go back and forgive and live right. Generosity is grounded in the gospel. If we start anywhere else, we start in the wrong place. It is all about him. It's all about him. Do you realize that you're sitting in a place right now on a Sunday morning because of what happened over 2,000 years ago on an old rugged cross. On an old rugged cross. Hmm. I wish I had somebody right now. I, that cross, that cross meant the world to me. That cross that was there before the masses of people that cross that was carried up Golgotha's hill means the world to me. Because of that cross, I'm able to wear a crown today, a crown of grace, a crown of mercy. Because of that cross, I can stand here 
talk to my, 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 my family, my church family. You are my family. I see you every week or some of you every other week or some of you once a month. I don't know. <laughs> Our church is big, but not everybody comes at one time. That's all right. I understand. We have lives. We work. When I do see you, I'm going to tell you, all of you, when I look out there, sometimes I actually miss some of you. You're hiding behind somebody, and I try, and that's why I got to walk around to see. And, and, but sometimes I look out there in the crowd, and I see you, and it puts a smile on my face. Because you said yes to Jesus today. I love to see my friends out there because you are my friends, you're my family. But we're all here because of the cross, and the cross has made it a level playing ground. We're common because there's not one of us that are perfect. Not one of us are perfect. Not one of us have it all together. But we are all here depending on the grace of God and the love of God. And when there's somebody who's in need, I promise you, there's not one person that wouldn't step up to give assistance to help. But how can you help somebody if you're not in a position spiritually and not healthy enough and your faith is low? The objective is to stay strong, is to keep your faith up, is to know that God wants to use you every single day, no matter where you're at. This is true. This is true. Listen to what 2 Corinthians chapter 8, Paul invited every participant in the collection of the saints for Jerusalem, and he substantiated his apparel by pointing to the cross, and he began to talk about, for you know the generous act of the Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor. And he was talking about his, really his reference to many other points in the scripture, how God robed himself in flesh to become a servant to us all. And he that was rich, speaking of the translation and the inhabitants of this terra firma when he went into the womb of Mary and he came into this world, he came out a human being like you and I, which was a miracle, which was a miracle. The invisible, high, majestic God who formed the heavens and the earth has now taken on the form of a human being in the form of a servant and came into this world and he gave it all. And he that was rich became poor so you can be blessed. So you and I can be blessed. Can I encourage you? Don't forget who gave you that job. Don't forget who gave you that raise. Don't forget who caused you to ride a nice car. Don't forget who gave you that outfit. Don't forget who caused your family to come together and have a good Christmas together because it was if it wasn't for the grace of God and if it wasn't for the blood of Jesus to put you in your right mind, you'll forget where you come from. You'll forget very quickly where you come from and become arrogant. Who am I talking to? You'll forget real quick that you used to live on rice and beans and tortillas and, and boil if it was good, a good month. Chicken. We're in South Texas. Everyone knows what boil is. You'll forget real quick that you grew up on biscuits and gravy. Not because it was the best thing they knew how to cook. 
because that was the only thing you could afford to cook. You'll forget that you grew up on cornbread and, and, and milk for your dessert with a little bit of molasses. Y'all don't know nothing about that. But I remember where he brought me from. I remember where he brought me from. And the people that he used to bless me are people. The people that he has ever used to bless me, to help me, encourage me, were people that God moved on and had compassion for us because they see where we're at and they've been where we're at. Jesus came down into this world to experience your life, to experience it. Think about this for a moment. He didn't have to, but he did it anyways. He didn't have to come down here to this world. He didn't have to go through the crucifixion. He chose to, and he said, yes, Lord. He did wrestle with it for a moment and said, if it be possible, take this cup from me. But nevertheless, God, not my will, but your will be done. He was more than just a man, folks. He was more than just the Prince of Peace. He was the king of glory, the king of kings, and the Lord of lords. He was more than just a man robed in humanity. He walked on water. He fed the 5,000. He healed the lame. He healed the sick. Jesus Christ, what became all things to all men. Like Paul wrote, Paul said, I've come to this moment in my life where I've become all things to all men that some may be saved it's all about others it's all about others let me, let me encourage you I, I want you to I want you to take note of this now Paul was referring to that in the incarnation which the son of God humbled himself came into this world he used that as an example and told us exactly what Jesus did as an example point number one and the only point I'm going to give you today is generosity begins with Jesus. Generosity begins with Jesus, period. It is all about him. The New Testament church understood the principle. God does not want anybody to live in poverty. They sold what they had. Those, remember, the scripture didn't say everyone sold their land because not everyone had land. Not everyone had extra houses. They sold land and they sold houses. Not everyone had extra land, extra houses, but those that did, they sold it and they gave it to the church. Now, I'm going to tell you, I also believe that there were some people, it does not say, but if I know humanity and we know the the pattern if everyone was of one mind that's what the scripture said right the scripture said everyone had the same thought process everyone had the same heart and they all that had extra land and houses sold it and laid it at the apostles feet and they distributed i'm going to tell you that i believe there were some people that were in between they didn't have houses and land extra but they had some things that they could sell and be a help and be a blessing with because everyone was in the same mind, same accord. You remember when Jesus, you remember when Jesus walked into the temple and he, he used a little widow lady as an example to his disciples, and he told them, 
Look at the little widow lady. She only gave two mites, but she gave out of her abundance. Look at everyone else. They gave a lot, but they didn't give out of their abundance. They had a lot, and they gave a little, but that little lady gave all that she had. Therefore, she gave more than all of them. It's about the heart. It's, now, if Jesus in that moment will stop and teach his disciples a lesson in the middle of a service, think about this. All of his disciples were there, and he stopped them and used her as an example and made it a lesson. That tells me that giving is important to God. Giving is important to God. And it's more than just the money. Because listen, two mites, it was about the heart. It was about the heart. Where is your heart at? That's what it's all about. And that's what it's ever been about. That's what it will always be about. Your true heart condition. I promise you. God blessed that little widow, I promise you. Just like he blessed the widow who made a cake for the prophet, that she had a little bit of flour, a little bit of oil left in her cruise, a little bit of flour in the little bottom of her barrel, and then the prophet had the audacity. Elijah had the audacity to come in and ask her to cook him some bread. When she had nothing left, The plan wasn't to take her last bit of what she had. The plan was to extend the little bit of what she had to bless her. He could have used anybody else that may have had more, but he went to somebody that didn't have more, that needed more. He went to somebody that needed a blessing. And in order for them to be blessed, they first had to release what they were holding tight to. Yeah. I think I need to say that probably about two or three or four more times. That is some good stuff. Sometimes God is not looking for people of abundance to give more than he has people that don't have enough because they need it more than the others. Because they need it more than the others. And that is the secret. The secret is, is that when Jesus does it through you, it feels God-like in your life. When Jesus does the giving, when Jesus does the blessing, when Jesus reaches out through you, we call that an anointing. When Jesus reaches out to somebody to pick them up, it is solely out of a mission, out of a passion, out of a heart that you and I didn't have beforehand. You and I, can I be honest with you, most of us, before God found us, we wouldn't think twice about stopping by the road to help somebody up off the ground that was injured. But I'm going to tell you something, religious people will overlook them. People and 
people that have no compassion will do it. But sometimes it's the most unlikely person who has been forgiven or has been helped out. And the person that comes from the most awkward place like the Samaritan, the good Samaritan, who comes around and says, you know what? I'm a Samaritan. I've been mistreated before. I'm a Samaritan. I've had religious people look down on me. I know the feeling. I understand the concept. I've been there. I've got compassion. It's the person who has been through some things that's willing to help somebody else get through their stuff. Get through their stuff. The question I have to ask you, have you has anybody in this building ever been through anything in their life? Do you have some, can you, you, you can share some stories with me about some challenges. You can share some story with me uh, about some battles that you've been through in the past. You can share some stories with me, I bet, when you didn't have enough to pay your bills. I know you can. Everyone has a story that God has never failed you. God has never let you down. God has always come through. Hey, 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 let me tell you something. If God called you to start that business, it's his business, and he's going to make sure that it prospers. He's going to make sure that it goes. He's going to make sure, hey, listen to me, God gave you that house, right? Did God give you that house? Then the devil can't take it from you. Did God give you that car? Then the devil can't take it from you. Did God bless you with that spouse? Then God can't take them from you. Did God give you those children? Then the devil can't take them from you. My point is, and the point I'm trying to convey is, it all belongs to Jesus. Everyone and everything belongs to him. Everything. Everything. The New Testament church got it. They understood it. Generos generosity shapes and defines and grows the heart in a way that nothing else can. Generosity will grow you in a way It'll make you happier than you have ever been before in your life. Everything we have taught leading up to this moment is in reference to generosity. Remember we talked about recently, we talked about the, the Dead Sea. You remember we talked about the Dead Sea, how it had an inlet but not an outlet, and there's no life in it? That's the same thing with our spiritual lives. The most miserable, I'm going to say this real slow, the most miserable people in Christianity and in the world are people who aren't generous. And the most, hmm, can I say it? Thank you. I'm going to say it anyways. I just want to say it. If I don't get a good result, I just want to look at the people that said yes and say, well, they said I could. <laughs> I'm messing with you. The people who struggle the most in life are the people who aren't generous. Because, don't get mad at me, but it's always me, 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 me. Me. Even feelings. Me, I can't believe they did that to me. When the generous person in their heart says, you know what, Christ died for me and he said, forgive them. I forgive them because God's been so good to me. And I've made mistakes too. The generous person says, you know what, I've been there. 
I've said some things I didn't mean before. I'm sure they didn't mean it. I'm sure they didn't mean it. If they were thinking in their right mind, they probably wouldn't have done that. If they knew they hurt my, hurt my feelings, they probably wouldn't have said that. If they knew that it would hurt me that bad, they probably would have invited me. Whatever it was, I promise you, no one has the intent to hurt somebody that's in their right mind, has been forgiven and blessed. But generous people understand. Generous people love. Generous people forgive. Generous people embrace Generous people. I'm not talking just about money, folks. I'm talking about the generosity of giving love, the generosity of giving peace, the generosity of giving the most. Here's something that's harder than money, forgiveness. Forgiveness. Say it with me. Forgiveness. It is one of the hardest things to give. One of the hardest things to do is give somebody something they don't, you don't feel like they deserve. And that goes over with blessing somebody when God deals with you about blessing someone and giving them either love, monetary provision, money, whatever it may be. The trick that hell will do in your mind is make you the judge. When you are never meant to be the judge, God is the judge. And you say to yourself, you know what? I've seen the way they handle their finances. I've seen the way they do this. I've seen what they've been spending. I see what they're doing. They're not living right. I'm not going to bless them. I'm not going to help them. Hold on a second. You know what? You've been there too. And God blessed you at one time whenever you weren't doing right, thinking right, meditating on the right things. All of us have been there. But look, God has blessed us anyways. You and I didn't deserve to be forgiven for the things that we've done, for the things that we experienced. But God is so gracious because he judged it by what he gave. And he gave the highest price that anyone could ever give. He gave his life he gave up his life, folks, and he gave the ultimate price. Therefore, they are deserving because Jesus died for them. Jesus died for them. And true love, true love is based on not whether or not they're deserving of it. That is not the Christian way. That is not the love of God. That is, I believe, antichrist. Oh, boy, I'm going to... I don't know, man. Thank you, Jesus. Use me, Lord. Here, here, is, here is what I'm trying to tell you. When God moves on you to give love and compassion, it is not always going to be to the people that you feel deserve it. It's easy to love people whenever they love you back. That, and you loving them, that's not the love of God. That is not the love of God. The love of God is loving someone who doesn't love you. The love of God is forgiving someone who won't forgive you. That's the love of God. The love of God is giving to someone when you know you're not going to get anything back in return. Possibly not even a thank you. 
but there is something on the inside that makes you smile because the Jesus inside of you says, you know what, that's what it's all about. I did the same thing. I stood on a cross, I was nailed to a tree, and I looked down and said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. They don't understand what they're experiencing. They, if they knew better, they wouldn't have done it. Even the scripture says, if hell knew that Jesus was the Son of God, the Messiah, it would have never have crucified him. Some people walk in blindness. But thank God you're not blind. You're not blind. You know exactly what you're doing. It is about loving other people. And even when you don't have it, you must give something. You must give something. I can't tell you how many times someone came up to me and said, man, can you give me a dollar? I don't have any money. I'm so sorry. But what I do have, I can pray for you right now. Give them something. Give them hope. Listen to this. Listen to this. This was the mentality of the New Testament church. Acts chapter 3, verse 6. I'm, this is the last one. Come on up, Haley. I'm closing. Acts chapter 3, verse 6. If you have it, throw it up. You don't have it. That's okay. Turn with me in your Bibles. That's a great chance for you to use those Bibles. Blow, come on, blow the dust off. Are you ready? If you're ready, say amen. I'm ready. Here's what the Scripture says. The Scripture says, Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. The beggar was asking for money. They didn't have money, but it didn't stop them from giving. It didn't stop them from giving. Some of the best gifts that we've ever received weren't high dollar gifts. They were gifts that came out of a sincere heart that met the need that we had. I'm going to tell you something. If you'll keep a generous spirit, and if you're willing to give no matter what it is, and realize, you know what, when God found me, get this revelation. You know, when God found me, I didn't have anything to begin with. When God found me and saved me, I, I, couldn't, I didn't have two pennies to rub together. Someone said it like this. I, I was so poor I couldn't pay attention. My son asked me the other day, he said, he said, Daddy, how did copper wire get invented? I said, two Jews found the same penny. I got some Jewish blood. I can tell that story. I can also tell Mexican stories too. How generosity is formed is when two people find a need. That's how it's formed. When two people find a need. Actually, it's when one person has a need other person has a supply that's how generosity is formed when you and I choose that we're going to be generous because of Jesus because Jesus was generous to us give that revelation you'll lose that judgmental spirit how many of you have ever wrestled with a judgmental spirit raise your hand I mean I have I'm the first to confess it guys 
I have wrestled with that before in my life, thinking, oh my gosh, again? Do they not know? Do they not know? Don't they know that I don't hardly have anything either? Maybe, just maybe, God brought them to you because he wants to bless you. And in your mind, you're thinking, hmm, I don't think they qualify to be blessed. Hold on a second. Who made you the judge? Tell me, who is qualified and who's disqualified? It rains on the just and the unjust. It's not for you to say who's who, and it's not for you to go out and point out every one of the reasons why. They know why, folks. Listen, everybody, a person knows what they've done wrong. A person knows what they like. A person understands that most of the time. But you see, it's the goodness of God that leads them to repentance. It's the goodness of God that leads a world to repentance. We call that letting your light shine. And Jesus said, forgive them. Seventy times seven, forgive them. I don't care how many times they do it. Your job is just to be a blessing. And if you can be a blessing and you can live a generous life, then I'm going to keep on supplying the need through you. I'm going to make you the depot of my blessings. I'm going to make you the warehouse to be the supplier to every person out there who has a need. Because I know you're going to be generous towards them. I know when someone comes up or they don't even have to ask you if you hear about a need, see about a need, or see somebody in need, then you, I know that you're going to give. You're going to bless. That's the heart of the church, folks. That's the heart of the church. That's the heart of the church. Oh, my gosh. I want my kids to grab a hold of this. I've been teaching them for years. Every year it's not about the gifts. It's about family. It's about being generous. It's about celebrating everything that we have. And thus, we do enjoy gifts. We do enjoy that time for together. And as a dad, I want my children to have a nice Christmas in that, in that aspect. But I also want them to grow up understanding generosity and not be spoiled. Because honestly, we're so spoiled in America. I remember when the kids were little, we'd buy them that gift they wanted so bad, and 30 minutes later, they stopped playing with it for a whole month sometimes. And I'm looking at the toy outside in the mud. Oh, man, you talk about that was a waste of money. But we wanted that one moment just to see them happy. That's how good of a parent we are. Is it good or bad? You judge. I don't know. I'll let you judge that one. That's right. You got permission to be the judge. What I'm telling you is, is that sometimes God knows that he's going to give us forgiveness. He's going to give us love. He's going to give us a blessing. He's going to prosper us. He's going to favor us. And he knows 30 days after that, 
our 30 minutes or 30 hours that we're going to go back and forget about it. There's a parable in the Bible that said that there was a man who was forgiven much. He was forgiven a debt. Then right after the king forgave him his debt, he went out and he found somebody that owed him a debt. And he made him pay. And he didn't have it, but he made him suffer through it. The king heard word and brought him back in and said, did I not forgive you your debt? And then you went out and caused somebody else to pay you back your debt. He said, now judgment comes on you. I'm going to tell you, a generous Christmas is having a heart of compassion. What do you say you and I this year begin thinking about others, begin thinking about the, 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 the need that are at hand? What do you think this year you and I start thinking about the big picture and realizing that in order to be really happy, truly happy, is to be generous in our lives. How many of you want a generous heart and be a generous person? God blesses the generous. They that water, the Lord says, will, will himself themselves be watered. The scripture says God gives seed to the sower. He gives seed to the sower. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says that it will be for you, given back to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Will men come and give to your bosom and give to you as you give? That's what God wants us to be. He wants us to be generous, benevolent, compassionate, and see the goodness of God. How many of you believe also that on on December the 16th, we can give a Christmas for Christ like never before. How many of you believe we can do that? That's a gift for our city. Well, I don't know if I love my city that much, Pastor Bobby. I don't know. And my God, I got pulled over the other day and the cops gave me a ticket for speeding. But don't speed. God, make us the light of the world. Make us the salt of the earth. Father, in your precious name, we pray your blessings on our life. Father, we pray that there's no more greed in our hearts and there's no more fear, no more doubt, no more analytical thinking that will cause us to be paralyzed in our giving. That giving is not given to the person who deserves it, but giving is given because it's your life. It's an inherited nature of what you've put inside of us. We give because you gave. And when we feel your presence and we're walking with you, we become benevolent and then we open up the windows of heaven. They're open up over our lives. When we become benevolent, Father, and we become gracious and we become merciful, then, Father, there's a blessing in that for us. We understand all things work together for good. We understand that you bless those, Father, that have need, and you bless those, God, that are in need, and you bless those, God, who don't deserve the need. It doesn't matter who they are. You are so faithful. You are so loving. You are so awesome. And we thank you today, Father, in Jesus' name. Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at clcvictoria.org.